On this episode of the Sit Down with Malik Wright presented by First Star Logistics, we discuss the return of Ben Simmons, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron James beef. We discuss the Bengals visiting the Baltimore Ravens for a clash of Sunday night football and so much more. As always, we appreciate your support and enjoy the show. This year. Yeah, I mean, when I look at it, I, I think that Ben Simmons and the Brooklyn Nets, if they were going to do something together, they would have did it last year, if you ask me. They didn't, yeah. right? We didn't get an opportunity to see Ben Simmons and the Brooklyn uh, and the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie, with Kevin Durant. And honestly speaking, I don't know. I, I think that if, if there was going to be an opportunity for us to see, right, if there was going to be an opportunity for us to see Ben Simmons in – you know, the Brooklyn Nets workout, yeah. it would have been last year. I like seeing uh, him back. I like I like seeing him back. Yeah. I like seeing him back. Don't get me wrong. I love to see him back on the court, in the fold. But what are, what are the Malik, expectations? Malik. Like, so, like, so, so like, yeah, what are we talking about actual here? Actual like, expectation. I, I know we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're back and we're talking about, you know, Ben Simmons. And I truly think that they have a chance to make serious noise in the Eastern Conference, right? The expectations are that – they're a championship caliber team. That's yeah. the expectation because you look at the team, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Yeah. What have they done in the past, right? Together, they almost made the championship, right? The Brooklyn Nets against the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Sure. You know, the two-inch Kevin Durant toe on the line. That shows just how close they were with an injured James Harden, with an injured Kyrie Irving. So now you have those two still there. And they showed the capability last year to have an offensive fire. That's what they had. What were they missing? They were missing defense and playmaking. But here's my issue, though. Ben, if, if it didn't work with Ben Simmons, if it didn't work with James Harden, if it didn't work with Kyrie Irving, why are you? Why are you? I'm, yeah. I'm not going to even. I'm yeah. not going to even talk about you know everyone that's listening. Why are you so hopeful? Why are you so? Why do you have so much belief that this Brooklyn Nets yeah. team can turn it around? Because I I haven't seen it. I well, I mean, he still has a broken jump shot. So you haven't seen it. We've seen it. We've seen Kyrie and Kevin Durant once again. Almost make the championship. They took the Milwaukee Bucks to game seven to overtime. They took them there. So when you look at Ben Simmons, though, he's shown success. So he's had success. But when you look at his issue with the 76ers, he was forced to be the de facto star. You know, they said, you've got Joel Embiid, but we need Ben Simmons to be that number two. Simmons isn't a number two. Simmons is a playmaker. He's a great defender. And he's a guy that can thrive in a role-playing role. If you put him on the best offensive player on the opposing team, that's better than having Kyrie or Kevin Durant. So if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying the missing ingredient to the Brooklyn Nets in a championship run was Ben Simmons, a guy, a guy who offers almost no offense to his to his basketball team. He's a, a stalwart defensively speaking, right? No. He's one of the best defensive players. I'm just trying to understand yeah. where, where he comes he, from. He's not the missing ingredient to a championship team, but they deserve to give it a shot. I don't know if they're going to win a championship with Ben Simmons. They might make, you know, the conference finals and push a team to game seven. They might lose. But this team, this core deserves a shot because we could see you have two of the best playmate, two of the best scores the game has ever seen. They're still in their prime. Mm -hmm. And then you look at Ben Simmons. If he can return to being a top three defender, if he can return to being a playmaker, we're going to see this team reach new heights that they haven't my, seen My thing before. is we need his offensive repertoire to develop. Right? I don't think so. Uh, absolutely. Because, I don't I mean, think so. The 76ers weren't able so. to 
Oh yeah, absolutely. The 76ers weren't able to pull it together with with you know with uh, Ben Simmons, You're right. right? You're right. And uh, what I'm saying is, you have a disgruntled Kyrie Irving who wants out of Brooklyn. You have a disgruntled Kevin Durant who who has wanted out of Brooklyn. Now he's changed his tune. Now he's saying he wants to stay there. And now you add to the mix a guy in Ben Simmons who hasn't played in a year and a half, and you think that this guy is going to be the difference maker. Am I understanding that correctly? So the difference maker, I think he takes a lot of pressure off the rest of these guys. It is going to be, you know, it's going to be hard. Kyrie Irving, you know, after the game, he said, he told Ben Simmons some things he has to work on. He said, you know, Ben, it's going to be easier having two stars with you. And that's the truth. We saw him in Philadelphia. He didn't have a score, two scores next to him. He had Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid, different Mm -hmm. players. Ben Simmons does not have to be the de facto number one. He doesn't have to be the de facto number two. He has to play defense and be a playmaker. The two things that he excels at. So you think you so you basically what you're saying to me and to the audience is Ben Simmons is the missing piece for the Nets. I, I think that's what you're saying, basically. I, I think that this team as a whole, they needed time last year. They needed time. Kyrie wasn't healthy. They were, you know, back and forth. It would Kyrie one game, Kevin Durant one game. I think that Ben Simmons helps this team become a, a championship contending team. Yes, he does. And so you got you guys heard it first. Daniel believes. That Ben Simmons is the missing. No, I did, I did not say he's Nets a, no, becoming no. a championship. What are Blake, you saying? I, I didn't say that he's listen. Saying? Ben Simmons is going to shock you. Ben Simmons is going to shock the entire public because their view of him is the playoffs where he didn't take the wide open layup. That's mm-hmm. the view of him. The reality is he is a great playmaker uh-huh. and one of the best defenders we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And at least if he's back to how he is, he's a top three defender in the NBA. Yes, okay. Well, listen, I believe Ben Simmons is what he is at this point. Yeah. I know you feel differently, but that's all right. We're going to disagree. We're going to, we're going to listen. All I know is that when it comes to our basketball takes, I've been right a lot more than I've been wrong. Uh, like you told that. me the process wasn't that. dead in Philly. It's not. The, the process, process is not dead. And I don't dead. know if you want to get into that, but Joel, oh, but Joel Embiid is still a top Five no, 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 I said the process. Joel Embiid is still a top five player in the NBA. They still have James Harden, who has looked damn good mm-hmm. in the offseason. You got Tyrese Maxey, one of the best young players in mm-hmm. the league. The 76ers, the process is not dead. They had decent success in the playoffs last year. They're still all back. The mm-hmm. process is not dead until uh, Joel Embiid is off the team, and that's okay. all I'll say. All right, so, well. <laughs> well. Yeah, so we, we're going to keep it in the NBA real quick. LeBron James, your GOAT. Had some things to say. I mean, you know, the whole feud between him, Kareem, Michael Jordan, who's the GOAT? I know we got a video. Let, let's see that. All-time scoring record this year. Do you have any thoughts on Kareem? And also, if you have a relationship with him? No. No thoughts. No relationship. <sighs> what to make of it? I think that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of the biggest haters. That's what I think of Kareem. All respect to the guy. Yeah. But the disrespect he's shown LeBron, it reeks of jealousy. Yeah. It reeks of a guy that knows that LeBron is coming for his scoring title. It yeah. reeks of insecurity. Yeah. So I think LeBron's reaction towards Kareem is warranted. LeBron has shown, you know, legends of the game, Hall of Famers of the game, nothing but respect. Since the guy's taken over. So, Kareem, I know you're probably never going to see this, but I want you to look at me, buddy. I think that you need to be humbled a little bit because guess what? Records are meant to be broken. People are going to break records, right? It's just like if Daniel comes in and he breaks my record of being the best <laughs> at this in this industry. I wouldn't be upset. I'd be like, you know what? 
It's going to happen. But Kareem has shown LeBron absolutely no love. He's yeah. absolutely disrespected LeBron. Listen, the two are two of the best Lakers to ever suit up. And the guy can't appreciate LeBron's greatness because he's too bad. So he's too busy sulking around, being upset that LeBron's about to pass him for the scoring title. Kareem, listen, man, I just think that if you show LeBron a lot more respect, yeah, things would go over a little bit smoother. So yeah. I can't fault LeBron for saying as bluntly as he did. We have no relationship. I have no thoughts. Yeah. Because every chance Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has gotten to, you know, talk bad about LeBron or talk down a lot about LeBron or talk about how he doesn't like the fact that LeBron celebrates after scoring, so be it. Well, I, I think it's pretty simple, right? LeBron James is the type of person that it doesn't seem like he hates anybody. I, I don't think I've ever seen him talk bad about Kevin Durant. I don't think I've ever seen him talk bad about Giannis, about Michael Jordan. He respects people. He shows people respect. All the best players in the game right now, he shows them respect. Mm -hmm. All the best players in the past, he shows them respect. And he's still showing Kareem respect. But if you're getting that type of response out of LeBron, and I know even in the past, LeBron hasn't had a lot to say about Kareem, then it shows what you know Kareem is portraying to LeBron James. I'm sure LeBron has made an effort. I'm sure he has. And the fact that he had to respond like that, it definitely shows, okay, LeBron James, he's not the biggest fan of Kareem, and it's all because it seems like Kareem is jealous. Listen, when you feel that pressure, when you feel that pressure breathing down your neck and you feel like, oh, my God, somebody's coming from my spot, yeah, it's noticeable. Yeah, Kareem reeks of insecurity. Yeah, I'm just being real with you. Yeah. It's almost like you remember a couple of years ago, Eric Dickerson, right? Got really salty that Adrian Peterson almost bro broke his rushing record. He was really, really salty. Didn't really have too many compliments for him. Yeah. His excuse was, I wanted my son to break. Is your son even in, 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 in the NFL? So yeah. you see Kareem sulking around. You see Kareem having like this aura about him, this yeah. district. Like he, like he doesn't like LeBron James. All because maybe it's a competitive thing. I have yeah. no idea. But when I, whenever I see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar open up his mouth, he literally speaks of the old-time basketball yeah. players that have nothing nice to say about this new crop. That's just where I'm at. And, and you talked about, you know, one instance. Another instance I look at is Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson. After Lamar Jackson, you know, broke one of those records, Michael Vick went to Twitter. He went to, like, he did a live show, and he even said, you know, respect to Lamar. Lamar is the best to do it right now. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And if you truly in your heart believe that, like, Michael Vick believed that. Does Kareem have jealousy? Absolutely. He probably does. And, and It's the last thing people are going to remember him by. Let's talk about it. Kareem <laughs> Abdul-Jabbar is the NBA all-time leading scorer. And after this season, it's going to be LeBron James, the greatest to ever do it. Not Michael Jordan. LeBron James is going to be the greatest basketball player. He's going to go down as the GOAT. He's going to go down as the GOAT. Forget about rings, right? Mm. I'm talking about stats. The statistics speak for yeah. themselves. You know how I feel about LeBron. Yeah, I do. And guess what? Kareem is upset because the one thing people remembered him by when you looked at the record books, it said number one all-time NBA leading scorer was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And guess what? We're not getting that anymore. Yeah. It's going to be LeBron James. It is going to be LeBron James. And I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick. You can. LeBron James, and we don't have to get into the GOAT conversation, but in my opinion, it's about eras. LeBron James is the greatest of this era. And numbers-wise? To your point, he is going to go down as the greatest here's, to do it. Here's what I'm going to say. Super teams have come together to stop LeBron James. 
Super teams have never come together to stop Michael Jordan. Why? Because Michael Jordan played on a super team. Come on now. Come on now. If LeBron James really wanted to take the easy way, he could have joined the Boston Celtics, right? His arch rivals before he joined the Miami Heat, but he didn't. He didn't. They tried yeah. to get him. They wanted him, right? Yeah. So when I look at it, I, look, listen, nobody has impacted the game quite like LeBron James. Nobody yeah. has impacted the game mm. quite like LeBron. Uh, no, Curry has uh, from a scoring standpoint. Curry yeah. has. I'm talking about an overall stamp. LeBron makes his teammates better. Yes. He makes bums look great. Yes. Tristan Thompson got the contract he got because of LeBron James. Nobody else yes. would have paid Tristan Thompson the money that the Cleveland Cavaliers paid Tristan yeah. Thompson. So when we talk about the impact, right? Yeah. No basketball player has been as influential on the game as LeBron James from an overall standpoint. I'm, I'm, once again, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Sure. I, I look at Michael Jordan and eras. It's all about eras. We mm -hmm. don't know if Jordan was in this era, teams might have come together to stop him. And the same thing, I look at what you were saying, you know, how super teams and you're looking at the stats. Michael Jordan didn't necessarily play on a monster team. If you want to talk about, you know, super teams, LeBron James played with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. He, th that is the definition of also a super team. He played on one too. So I look at this and I'm not going to sit up here and say that LeBron James is definitively the GOAT. He's the best player he of this era. He's the best player of this era. Statistically, he will go down as the best player to ever do it. But I do have to re put respect on Jordan because also you said no players. I'm not disrespecting Jordan. But I'm the one, but the Jordan. one thing you did say, nobody's impacted the game more. I do think that Jordan had that type of force that when he was in the league, everybody's eyes were on Jordan and no one else. LeBron is a physical specimen, Dan. Yes. If you start, or if you're starting an NBA franchise, right? The oh, first yeah. player you're going to grab is, is LeBron. LeBron. I'm James. on the same. I'm on and the same. And why? Page. It's because of his ability to make the players around him great, yeah. while also proving his greatness. Yeah, that's why LeBron James, you know, is who he is. Yeah. Like, 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 I'm not disrespecting Jordan. I don't think yeah. anybody should take it as I'm disrespecting yeah. Jordan. This debate comes down to what we're talking about originally: is LeBron and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. beef, and the reason why is because. The old time basketball players can't seem to give Kareem. I can't give seem to give LeBron James his flowers right yeah. now while he's playing the game. He's in year what? 20, 20 something. 20s. Like, and, and you see yeah. what he's doing? Yeah. Listen, the, the guys impacted the game, on, uh, you know, in, in more ways than one. And I just think that it's just important that all the while I understand you're not happy that your record is coming down yeah. or whatever the case may be. I think it's important to still give people their flowers while they're still playing at a high level. It's almost like if Joe, Mar Joe Montana was to come out and not give. Tom Brady his flowers, yeah. which he's already done. Yeah, it's all about the respect, and which is why LeBron's in the right. If LeBron doesn't want to have a relationship with Cream, he can. He's he already tried. He does he doesn't exactly at right. this point? He's not going to cry over spilled milk. So right. let's switch it over to the NFL and Malik. I know we're going to get to the Ravens and Bengals predictions. So if you're watching this, stay tuned. We're about to get to that. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes, Malik. I want to hear your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes because, you know, before the season, I was even on the same page. I was like, okay, no Tyreek Hill. The Mahomes, we're going to see him struggle a lot this year. Tyreek opens up the offense. This year, it's looked like it's all Mahomes, right? There's the stuff with Biennemi. Is he the best play call? Is he the best coordinator? It's starting to look like Mahomes is just, Mahomes is the offense. Mahomes is the offense. Mahomes is the guy who makes the Kansas City Chiefs offense run. So, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts because, once again, I think Mahomes is still up there 
He's the top two quarterback in the NFL, and he is going to, you know, he's already shocked a lot of people, and we're going to see them 12, 13-win team, and that's not because of their defense. That's because of Patrick Mahomes making guys like Juju, making guys these other guys look great. So, Malik, what's your thoughts on what Mahomes has done so far this year? Mahomes, had, it feels almost personal. Let me just say that. It feels almost personal. Uh, and the reason why, because I was very I was very much a critic of Mahomes in the offseason. Yeah. Right? And I, I thought he was a, a merchant of Tariq Hill. <laughs> um, he has proven to me that he can elevate the talent around him. Yeah. So I want to apologize to Patrick Mahomes and those Kansas City Chiefs fans. I still stand by my viral tweet that I said earlier this summer. But that's just his game. Yeah. I think Mahomes is a very, very special player. And I think he's making a believer out of a lot of people. However, I will say, I think he's been a benefit. He's had, had a benefit of having, you know, a coach, an offensive-minded coach like an Andy Reid yeah. for as long as he has had in his career. But that doesn't take away from the talent. Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal quarterback. The things that he's able to do on the football field should not be questioned. He's really, really looked incredible. He's looked it's him, if you ask me, it's him and Lamar Jackson right now running neck and neck for MVP. Yes. Um Jalen so, yeah. Hurts, but we'll get there. Cut it out. 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 He deserves to be in that conversation. So at the end of the day, I just want to say props to Patrick Mahomes. It seems like he saw my message maybe this summer yeah. and he took it personal <laughs> yeah. and he's he, he's playing with his hair on fire a little bit. Oh yeah. And, and it says a lot about Patrick Mahomes because once again, I don't think our analysis was wrong. I look at their offense before. Basically, Tyreek Hill opened up their offense a ton because Patrick Mahomes, he he thrives in that backyard football style. We've seen time and time again. Travis Kelsey has a knack for whenever Mahomes gets out of the pocket, he knows exactly which way to go. Same thing with Tyreek Hill. We saw in the playoffs against the Bills, we saw the same thing, right? We saw Tyreek Hill open up the offense. So our analysis wasn't wrong, but it's just... Mahomes has made the adjustments to make these other receivers. Marcus, you know, Valdez, Scantley, he's made his running back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire look like a star in the past game. So I think it's more of a credit to man. Mahomes has made the adjustments. And with all this turmoil going on with their offense coordinator, Mahomes still, time and time again, up against the best defense, one of the best defenses in the league in the Buccaneers, made them look like Swiss cheese. And it goes back to, you know, something that he says. He's out there playing backyard football. He's playing like a baseball player. He's baseball before football. And respect to him, he's showing us exactly what he answered the question, right? Can you do it without Tyreek Hill? He is the offense. Whoever you throw at receiver, he will make them, he will make the offense go. So I know we want to switch it over. Malik, you said something about Jalen Hurts, and I want to get to the segment. Pretenders or contenders? Contenders or pretenders? However you want to say it, we've got some teams that we want to talk about. We're a quarter way through the season. I, I think. This is, you know, we've seen a solid track record of four games. And let's talk about which teams we believe are Super Bowl contenders, right? And I think a team that is, you know, considered a contender should be, can you see them in the Super Bowl competing for the championship? So let's start out with the Philadelphia Eagles. Malik, Philadelphia Eagles, contenders or pretenders? Hell no, they're no contenders. (laughs) I mean, listen, pretenders is a strong word. I think that they're contenders... To make it to the playoffs and to win their division. But to make it to the Super Bowl, no. I don't think I don't look at the Philadelphia Eagles and I say, hey, they're a team that can make it to the Super Bowl. I, I'm just not there with them yet. There's I, I don't I think that they've had a very nice schedule. I, I think a yes. schedule that has worked yes. in their favor. I do think the Philadelphia Eagles can shock people though. 
you know, you make it to the playoffs, you you, you never know who's going to come out on top. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to get out of here and I'm not going to disrespect the Eagles and say that they can't do it. I'm just saying, me personally, for for my the way I look at it, I don't look at them as as I don't look at they're not contenders. Yeah, Super Bowl contenders. For, for yeah, me. I'm going to take the opposing side. I think that they are. I think they that they are, but. The fact of the matter is they still have questions to be answered, right? Yeah. Their schedule. It's been a cupcake schedule. Yeah, if we're yeah. being honest, they, they played Kirk Cousins on Monday night football, you know, primetime Kirk. We've seen them play the Jaguars. Great win. But that was a rainy game. And I look at it in the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that they're contenders, and it's because of the team as a whole. It's not just their run game. It's not just their defense. It's the offensive line. They have a top five offensive line in the NFL. I didn't think that they were going to have it before. And we've also seen the jump with Jalen Hurts. That was the question, right? That was a serious question of, okay, Jalen Hurts, is he even going to be their starter next year? I didn't think so. But add A.J. Brown to the mix. Add Devontae Smith to the mix. Add that offensive line. This team is Super Bowl contenders. And the reason why they're Super Bowl contenders is because the NFC is also weak. Who else is going to do it? The 49ers, the Rams, the Packers, the Bucks. Well, you you mentioned him. I could tell you right now. Uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts is easy to root for, Jess Tyler. I see, I see your message. He is. Bam, Bama boy. But yeah. I, I got to be real with you. You know, um, those Rams. Yeah. Those Rams, in my eyes, are definitely pretenders. And I, yes. I said it on our first ever show. I said they're the most flawed team to win a Super Bowl in the last 10 years. Yeah. And I got I got flack for it. People didn't. was like, what are you talking about? Now we're starting to see us. So I've seen a lot of chinks in their armor. Even the Rams sort of knew something was up with Matthew Stafford. I had a source tell me before the season started that the Rams actually tried to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. They tried to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo before the season started. The Niners didn't obviously win a trade in division. That's why they also put the no trade clause in Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. So yeah. I, I think when you look at it, I, I'm not I'm not shocked that the Rams have struggled the way they have. Yeah. I, I definitely saw them as a team that I don't want to say bought a ring because you st- that you still have to. <laughs> You still have to go out. No, they did. The they did they, buy a ring. They went out and they bought. They bought a ring essentially. So the Rams are pretenders in my eyes. And Malik, if we're actually talking about it, if we're actually talking about the facts, yes. Before I say this, they won the Super Bowl. They are the deserved Super Bowl champions. But when you look at the actual facts behind those games, look at the playoff run. Look at the run at the beginning of the season. But the entire playoff run, Matt Stafford almost blew the game against the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. A game that the Buccaneers had no business being in. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, you know, the conference championship against the 49ers. That's a game that Matt Stafford once again almost blew. And then you look at the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, once again, he almost blew the game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are going to say, right, look at last year. No, Matt Stafford is that guy. Yeah. He threw interceptions last year. He threw interceptions his whole career. And what has he done this year? He's led the league in interceptions. Yep. He threw three in the first game. He threw set two in the other, and he threw a pick six against the 49ers. Yeah. So you look at the actual facts. This team, they were great last year. They have serious chinks. And also, Jalen Ramsey isn't a top-two corner right now. You know what's funny? A couple of years ago, <laughs> and our, our guy Dave is sitting here watching the show. <laughs> greatly appreciative, too. But a couple of, a couple of years ago, when Jalen Ramsey came to the National Football League, you guys probably remember, he had a huge interview where he went out and he was listing quarterbacks by name and, and wide receivers, actually. Yeah. And he said, washed, washed, no yeah. longer good. And it was quarterbacks, too, because yeah. I remember he said Josh Allen wasn't very good. Yeah. Uh, he also said A.J. Green's time was up. He was right about that. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if you're ever going to see this, my man, but I, I want to point the camera out by so for a second. Um, you're washed. <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you. He looks bad. He looks bad. Yeah. He got exposed in the Super Bowl against, against uh, Chase. 
the T Higgins touchdown is debatable. Yeah. Right. But when I look at Jalen Ramsey, it seems like Jalen Ramsey has a tough night at the office a lot. Yeah. So I'm going to say, listen, it's tough to play cornerback at a high level in the national football league for a long time. Yeah, it is. Maybe it's time. Jalen Ramsey starts to look to transition to safety. Maybe he's big enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's talented. And, and, he still has the he still has the ball skills. Yeah, but sometimes he's seen when you watch Jalen Ramsey out there on the football field, he sometimes seems disinterested. Yeah. If you ask me, yeah. It, if you actually go back and rewatch the film, because I rewatched him against the 49ers, and it's weird. You look at a guy like Trayvon Diggs, right? Look at a guy like him. He is opportunistic at the right times. You look at Jalen Ramsey early in his career. He was the same thing, and now I saw him against routes. You know, Brandon Ayuk. The ball didn't even get thrown his way, but his eyes are in the backfield. And Brandon Ayuk goes the other way. He's wide open. So it's like Jalen Ramsey, you can only play that style if you are on on 99% of plays. He hasn't been on on 99% of plays. There's been, I would say, maybe 75, 70, and and he's not. When you're on, if you're saying you're a lockdown corner, number one corner, you have to be on 99% of plays, locked in, and he hasn't been that this year. Do you remember in the offseason, I I had I put on Twitter. I said my my I have Jair Alexander as the best cornerback in football, yeah. and I got ridiculed for it. Yeah, Jair Alexander is the best cornerback in football. Yeah, in my eyes, he is. Yeah, and it's because you don't see those same mental lapses from a Jair Alexander that you see from a Jalen Ramsey on the football field. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> Marissa just put out uh, an interesting message in the chat. She says Eli Apple has had a better uh, than coverage of. You know, scoring coverage PFF? than Ramsey. Wow, I, wow, uh, they, we got to check the numbers on that for it to, to validate that. But. I believe it. I believe it. The, the The numbers probably show that. Obviously, we're not saying Eli Apple is better than Jalen Ramsey. I am. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but like the, the the numbers don't lie, right? right. So men lie, women lie. Numbers don't. Exactly. That's just saying. So let's get to a couple more teams here, Malik. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco 49ers, I think it's only fair to talk about them. I'm going to start first. I don't think that they're contenders. I don't. And the reason why, it's the same thing every single time. Mm-hmm. I put respect on Jimmy Garoppolo's name. I did. I said he deserves to be a starter. I think he can run the offense better than Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Does that mean they're a Super Bowl team? No. This is the same team we've seen time and time again. Great defense. Great offensive line. Great run game. And Jimmy G knows how to operate the yeah. offense. Does that make him Super Bowl contenders? No. He threw a pick, you know, a conference championship. He threw a pick in the Super Bowl. Same thing's going to happen, right? They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be up there against the best teams, and somebody's going to make a play that's going to screw him over. So Super Bowl contenders, no, but can they win the division? Ooh, they can win the division, make the playoffs, and it's going to buy Jimmy G either another year or a nice starting spot on another team. For sure. Um, I think it's only fair that we ask this next question. The Buffalo Bills. Are the no, Buffalo Bills. No, we, we got to ask no. Yo. Listen, the Buffalo Bills, are they contenders? Or are they pretenders? I think they're contenders. I don't think that's fair to even. I, I think I, they're contenders. Okay, let's ask. The, okay, they're contenders. Okay. And this is a no-brainer question, Malik. I mean, it's still. This is a no-brainer question. They are not pretenders. They have not shown a single glimpse of being a Super Bowl pretender this year, last year, two years ago. They haven't. They haven't. And this year, obviously, health matters. Josh Allen goes down with an injury. Obviously, they're not Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. They've shown. Last week against the Ravens, a team that is a playoff contender, they showed that they can come back with an injured defense. And I look at this team, you've got a star quarterback. The offense has been clicking on all cylinders. I mean, obviously, against the Dolphins, it wasn't. But this team, as long as Josh Allen's on that team, as long as the defensive line looks as good as they do, they are Super Bowl contenders. 
and they deserve to be a top three team in the NFL like they are right now. Sure. <laughs> so, so I, again, I, I think the Bills are are contenders. I do. Yeah. I again, but you know how I feel about them in the playoffs. When yeah. it gets deep, I think that they're. I think they have a, a lot of hurdles to to climb. Yeah. And I, I just I, I think that that's their Achilles heel at this point. Completely. But I also want to just shout this time out. If you're looking for a, a career, right, a place to work at with an awesome environment, there's no place better than First Star. Um, I, you guys might have heard me say it. You know, last Thursday I got the opportunity to hang out with some First Star employees in the First Star suite and watch the game with Icky Woods. Yeah, that was right <laughs> as the Bengals took down the Dolphins. There's no place better to work at other than First Star. The atmosphere is 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 truly amazing. Um, so if you're looking for a career, definitely look down in our description. We have all the info for you to apply and things of that nature. So just definitely wanted to to throw that out there. Danny, we want to get to our last topic, right? Which is the Bengals take on the Ravens on Sunday night yep. football. And it is a huge, huge matchup. There was a lot of trash talk this offseason. It was a lot of trash talk even last year. So we've, we've got to talk about it now. Yeah. Who has more at stake? Is it the Ravens? Is it the Bengals? What do you thought? Who has more at stake? I think that this is, it's a tough question. I'm excited to get to our predictions. I think that the Cincinnati Bengals have more at stake right now. I do. I think that there's a lot on the line. Obviously, the Bengals haven't played the best. Obviously, they're trending up, but this is a huge game for them, right? Thursday night football, we saw them. They had to come out and make a statement. They look good, but this is their time to really show that okay they're going to take that next step we talked about it on monday's show they're making you know the right trends if the run game gets established if you get jamar you know more involved in the red zone they're going to look better this is their game to make the statement because once again you look at last year they blew out the ravens both times and what's going to happen this year right if they go out and they lose badly to the ravens that's going to show that okay maybe the super bowl hangover is real maybe joe Mixon this run game isn't for real but this is their time to make the statement, which is why there's a lot at stake. Because if they go out and make the statement, prove that, oh, no, we're still here. T. Higgins, still here. Jamar Chase, still here. Double Jamar, triple Jamar. We got Tyler Boyd in the slot. If they prove that, okay, we can get the run game going. If they prove that they can stop Lamar Jackson without DJ Reader, then they show, okay, we still run this division. Because the Bengals know that, you know, they're the contender. They know that they are the team to beat. But at some point, everybody else has to see it. Right. So this is their chance to show prime time Sunday night football. This is your chance to show everybody we are still the team to beat because we believe that. I believe that they're still the team to beat. But if you lose on prime time to Lamar Jackson, even though it's a divisional matchup, people are going to look at the Bengals and they might not be scared. They, and, and that's the truth. If they lose and Jamar Chase doesn't look good, if Joe Burrow doesn't look great, if they lose on Sunday night football, especially in a bad fashion, it, it might be time to press that panic button a little bit. But that's why there's a lot at stake. Because if you look, sorry to catch if you were about to say something, if the Ravens lose this this game, it's what we know. Everybody knows that they struggle against the Bengals. Everybody knows that Lou Anaruma has the answer for Lamar Jackson. So I don't think that they have a lot to lose. But let, let me hear. What so you the got. Ravens have the most at stake in this game, and I'm gonna tell you why. Listen, first and foremost, they have lost five straight home games. Mm, yeah, they've lost five straight home games. The last time the Bengals played them at MT Bank Stadium, the Bengals steamrolled them. Yeah. 41 to 17 was yeah. the final score of that game. They have a lot to lose because a lot of excuses were made. It was a lot of, oh, our defense is on an IR. Yeah. 
it was, oh, our running backs are out. So now you have to live up to those expectations that you set out, saying that you're still the juggernaut in the division. People still disrespecting the Bengals, yeah. saying the Ravens are the team to beat in the AFC North. So yes, the, yeah. the Ravens are the team with more at stake because what does a loss look like for the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday? Well, I'll tell you what it looks like. There's a lot of finger pointing probably. Yeah. Right, that's now you've lost to two marquee teams in the AFC, in the Bills and the Bengals. Psst, also, those two losses were at home, yeah. where you're supposed to have the advantage. There was a time when Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, the great Ed Reed, would captain those Baltimore Raven defenses and instill fear in opponents before the first snap. That's gone. Yeah, that's gone. You got Marcus Peters yelling at Harbaugh on the sideline because he wants them to be more aggressive. You're already starting to see cracks in the Baltimore Ravens' shield. You got a defensive coordinator who came from the college ranks who, although I understand he came from Baltimore as an assistant, he seemed to have forgotten the Baltimore way about blitzing and adding pressure, so on and so forth. Yeah, this Baltimore Ravens team has a lot to work out. And I think that they're looking at the Cincinnati Bengals as a get-right game. Baltimore Ravens fans, I'm telling you right now, the Bengals are nobody's get-right game. The Bengals have started to hit their stride. And if there's one thing about Joey B that I've seen is Joe Burrow plays best when the lights are the brightest. This is the biggest game of the year. I don't think I'm being crazy in saying this. This game could make or break the Ravens season yeah. because of what could fall, what could spiral out of this. This is such a big matchup for them. I think they're going to pull out all the stops because as I've said on the show time and time again, I understand the Bengals started off 0-2, but they are still the team to beat in the AFC. Yeah. I said it when, when, when people were ready to crown the Dolphins. Not you, Daniel, but yeah. people were ready to crown the Dolphins. I said it then. I'm going to say it now. The Ravens have a lot at stake in this game. And I don't think people are quite grasping what this could do for belief inside of a locker room or disbelief inside of a locker room. The fact that we – I've never – in all my years of watching Harbaugh coach the Ravens, I've never seen players go at him on the sideline. So, again, you are starting to see crap. That tells me the players think that they're losing games that they should be winning. They believe that they're better than what they have shown. I saw Ravens fans on Twitter calling for this guy's job. (laughs) Harbaugh's job. Yeah. Crazy. So for me, guys, I got to be honest. I I, I think that this is a big game for them. Yeah. And, you know, Baltimore Ravens, they'll play it cool. It's just another game because it's it's their MO. This is a a huge game. Oh, yeah. This is a huge game for the Baltimore Ravens. But And I'm not going to really make a prediction. Really? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to go into detail. I'm not going to have a passionate rant. I'm just going to say this. If the Bengals are the team that I think that they are, and I still think they're the team that I think they are, the Bengals are going to go into M&T Bank Stadium on Sunday, and they're going to beat the Baltimore Ravens in a very, very tight matchup because that's just the way of the AFC North. The Bengals lost in the beginning of the season to a lackluster Steelers team they had no business losing to. You take that on the chin. They lost to the Cowboys. Despicable. They put it together against the Jets, who have a very good defensive line. 
They put it together against the Dolphins, who everybody was saying was the best team in the AFC. Right? Yeah. And now they're about to take on the Baltimore Ravens, who everybody is saying is still the team to be in the AFC North. Yeah. Remember, everybody said the Bengals got lucky because Baltimore was hurt. This is the Bengals' time to prove to everybody that, no, we're actually still that team. So, in my honest opinion, the Cincinnati Bengals win this game. I do. If they're the team that I think they are, the Cincinnati Bengals go on to Baltimore and they shock Ravens' flock. Completely. And Because when I look at this game, there's a couple things I really pinpoint, right? I think that they are supposed to win this game, regardless if Vegas has them favored or not. They're supposed to win this game. You look at the matchups, right? We talk about in UFC a lot of times, styles make fights. Yeah. Styles make games. And this style does not favor the Ravens. They have arguably, the by numbers, they have the worst pass defense in the league. They give up the most yards by 30. The second team has gives up 210 you know, yards to receivers. They give up 240 yards to receivers. Yeah. Who has the best receiving core in the NFL? The Bengals. So styles you know, make games. And when you look at the style of this game, the Ravens have one of the worst pass defenses by the numbers. What's going to decide this game, and there's two things I really pinpoint also, is the Ravens can capitalize on mistakes. This game is up to the Bengals' offense. It's their game to lose, regardless if it's in M&T Bank Stadium. This is their game to lose. Because if Joe Burrow plays a good game, doesn't throw two interceptions, doesn't fumble the ball twice, if their offense doesn't turn the ball over more than two times, this is their game to win. Because the Ravens' run game... And this is something that the mainstream media will skew. Their run game hasn't been very good this year. They're rushing for three and a half yards a carry, but it's Lamar Jackson's numbers that are taking over the top. The running backs haven't been very good. So when you look at that, the receivers aren't very good. It's stopping Lamar Jackson. What is the key? Lou Anarumo has stopped him before. Cover zero blitz. He has the key to success. So once again, I think this all comes down to how many mistakes does a Bengals offense make? Because I'll, I'll make it. I'll make this prediction. If they turn the ball over two or less times, they will win this game, and I'll say that right now. Awesome. Well, it's a jam-packed game that we cannot wait for Sunday night. Bengals at uh, Baltimore. Uh, battle, battle of the sea who the, oh, the yeah. top, who, for the actual number one C, number one spot in the AFC North. It's going to be a huge game, and I know Daniel and I are going to be glued to the television. We might go. Who knows? We're not exactly sure it yeah. is yet. But we want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of The Sit Down with Malik Wright. You can catch us Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We appreciate you guys for support. Make sure you guys leave a like and comment on this video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We really, really appreciate your support and you guys subscribing uh, to the YouTube channel. And make sure you guys also follow First Star. Yep. Okay, again, no, no better place. Um, we're going to sign out from the First Star Logistics Studio live here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, be sure to check us this upcoming Saturday at 10 30 a.m. for another episode of my right bet where we're helping cash. people make a little bit of moolah a little bit of change but again guys we greatly appreciate you guys for supporting us we'll see you next time live from the first Star logistics studio here in cincinnati ohio have a good night